if we're dancing with a partner and we step on their shoes and we say that we're sorry, well, that's good. But that's not an amends. An amends is taking dancing lessons. Welcome to the People Around Town Community Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Michael Cropper, and I'm really happy to bring you this podcast. My purpose is to connect with people from all backgrounds and let them share a little of their story. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has life worth living. And we can all create more joy in our lives. I want to hear other stories so we can learn from each other. If you are interested in sharing about yourself, please go to peoplearoundtown.com and send me a message. I looked at myself and thought, hey, what do I need to do? How should I be? And um, expressing the feelings that I had instead of saying what I thought, you know, should be. You know, I was, I really didn't know what my feelings were. It's one of the things that I looked at. All right, I'm here with Buck. And we are in San Francisco looking over this amazing view of the city from Buck's backyard paradise. Would you call this a backyard paradise? It's a pretty special place in the city. Seems pretty special. It really is, yeah. It really is. This cabin that Luke lives is hey, it's surrounded by green all over and the view to the city. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it feels good. Yeah. But can I had, ask you how long you've lived here? Uh, in the area since I was born, 1942. 1942. Yeah, so I'm 77 now, so I'm alive. Can I had, ask you... How do you experience joy? I'm, I'm doing a recap of my life. <laughs> and saying, I can see that. <laughs> Or had joy. Um, well, I had difficulties in my life for being um, somewhat authoritarian in the family and having, I, I, I used, the euphemistic word I use is a heavy hand, controlling how my kids re- behaved. My two youngest ones, when they were thir- you know, in their teens, they were, they were really a handful. And one went through mental illness, and he came back out of it, and he's doing extremely well now. Um, so I've looked at my life, and I, I went into CODA, Codependence Anonymous, as a 12-step program to um, examine my life. And um, I think I'm more more peaceful. One of the things that occurred with me is, I would say, repetition compulsion. My father had this anger towards me, and he thought things to be a certain way according to his view. And uh, I think later on he changed them, but he, he was that way when I was growing up. Repetition compulsion says you tend to repeat the same things that were done to you mm-hmm. in your life. Rabbi Michael Lerner talks about this, especially with respect to... Um, the Israelis and how they treated the Palestinians unfairly. But I view that in my own life, and I think it's true. And so I think going through so the you, steps... you followed the example of your father in I having did. a heavy hand? And having a heavy hand, yeah. And at one point, Judy's, 
my, my father said to me, you know, Judy's not really acting right. You really should tell her how it is. And at the time, I was, I had just joined Codependence Anonymous, looking at it, and step one says, we have no control over others. Now, A, it's, we have no control over alcohol. So it's about uh, us directing personal control. And what I told them, I said, Dad, I'm looking at it another way. I have to look at myself, what my part of this is. I'm not sure exactly what my part is, but, you know, I have a part in this. So um, I did look at my part, and um, and I think looking at it and making amends, having my family work better, having a relationship with my wife better. What did you change? I changed the... the, the um, that they sh- they should do what I think they should do, and I I looked at myself and thought, hey, what do I need to do, and how should I be, and um, expressing the feelings that I had instead of saying what I thought you know should be. You know, I was I really didn't know what my feelings were. That's one of the things that I looked at. Wow. Um, so you got to know yourself. Yeah. You examined your own feelings. I, I, I did examine, yeah, I examined my own behaviors, what I was doing, my tendency to control, and um, being able to listen to others without having to critique it. Why did you try to control others? Did you get to that um, feeling? Or I, I think it's repetition. Repetition. I, yeah, I think that's, that's what I grew up with, you know. My father, my father... Um, is really a charismatic person. Yeah. And he uh, was a school teacher. And he, uh, kids loved him. He had trouble, though, at times being, um, you know, overbearing with kids. And he was going to be an administrator, but he got stopped on that because of his own tendencies to, you know, spank kids or, you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly all the things that happened, but he didn't go on to become a vice principal or a principal. Yeah. And he could have because he had the credentials for it. And, uh, so I'm, I'm interested in, in your own aspect. That's phenomenal that you saw that. You had a group to go to, resources to help you identify what was going on. I had to okay. be willing to ask for okay. help. Yeah. I had to be willing. And uh, I was, I, one of the things I thought of, hey, I got this PhD in chemistry, educated. What do I need a 12-step for? Come on, give me a break, you know. And... Um, PhD in chemistry didn't give you a PhD in yourself and your emotions and your <laughs> damn. <laughs> um, no, I was I was ignorant in those areas, really ignorant in those areas. Yeah, and one of the first things, uh, a friend of Judy's came over from a support group of Tough Love, and uh, pushed me to go into what's called Tough Love, and it's a group where um, excuse me, it's called it's called Men Overcoming Violence. Okay. Um, move. Some were actually court, court um, um, mandated to go to the group. Many of us were not. We just chose to. But in that, we were often asked, "Hey, what? Are, come into the group and um, hey, what are your feelings? What are you feeling right now?" And most would say, "Well, I'm just tired after a long day." And I would try, actually, to be honest, as some were, about my resentments. Um, Especially, it would be towards duty, because I would have certain ideas that they should, the kids should do something, and 
she'd be angry with me, and I felt that we weren't working together. Yeah. And after a while, one of the things I learned is that if I got a resentment towards something, uh, I really have to look at it and handle it so that I don't have that resentment. Really, really need to own the resentment and see what the source is. What on your own is. emotions. Under my own actions. Actions. Actions, okay. what I did. So it, it came out of emotions. It could come out of my assumptions. Yeah. You know? So, um... So... That's one of the things I, I, I explored that and try to, you know, try to find out where my anger and resentments were coming from. And, you know, um, I was sure that she had a part in it, but I had no control over others. And, and, and I could do something about myself. And um, she actually went through the program, too. Actually, Codependence Anonymous, and she took about 12 people through the program, cool. through, the, through the steps. Cool. So I was lucky to have a partner who was on the same page. Um, but, would you call it uh, self-awareness? Was self-awareness would, the key? I would call it self-awareness, yeah. Okay. I would call it self-awareness. So I've been looking, I've been, we've been taking a course in the Course of Miracles, and uh, part of the Course of Miracles talks about an atonement. I just looked up the word for atonement, and atonement, uh, it's the first words are you could say at one, yeah. so at one with oneself. Yeah, is what the word. So the Jews talk about atonement in Yom Kippur. Sure, we talk about um, uh, we, we we talk about uh, atonement also in the steps, making amends essentially. So I like the idea of being at one. So to to answer your question about what gives me joy for one. I feel less distress in my life, and I feel more at ease with who I am, with having gone through that. So that's that's awesome. That that's one part of it. So that's greatly contributed, probably, to the last several years of your life. Well, it has. I I started out maybe when I was about sixty, you know, fifty-nine, pretty late. Yeah. And those that start this process of. Um, being clear about who they are, um, and not um, doing more damage, doing damage to people around them, and um, just knowing who they are, if they can start that early in life, wow, how, how great that is! Because they have the rest of your life to manifest for themselves and for the family around. So I think my family has done better for my work in this too. Yeah, that's awesome. That's worth solid gold, what you just shared there. That's going to heal the world more than everyone worrying about climate change. <laughs> it really will, in my opinion. We got to take care of the planet. Don't get me wrong. No, but we got to get self aware. Yeah, be, being being aware of how we how we denigrate ourselves, how how we sabotage our own lives and those around us, and. Um, realizing that um, we really have to love ourselves and have to love others from that. We have to have the sense that we're okay. And uh, I sort of, I think I had doubts about that, you know, at first. When did you start loving yourself? Well, well, one of the things that I do in meditation, I just run this energy of... um, and I, I do it every day now about this energy 
of unconditional love coming into my body on the in-breath, coming into my lungs, and the out-breath going through me and from me going throughout other people. And part of this comes from the third step prayer, Coda, and the seventh step prayer. Okay. Talk about this. Okay. Yeah, so that I repeat those prayers when I do this. Um, so I, I, yeah. Those are the steps in the uh, codependence anonymous. That's right. Okay. That's right. Steps in codependence anonymous. Yeah. Third step prayers. I, I give to you all that I am and all that I will be, for your healing and direction. Um, direction. Make new this day as I release all my worries and fears, knowing that you're by my side. So I have this idea of, of a higher power, and I, I, I sort of have a loose definition of it. Higher power sort of by my side. And it could be a person, and um, and I, then I, part of it is I allow the love, that love, unconditional love, to go into my body and to, for me, going throughout to, to others. That's part of it, too. That's so, awesome. Right. So you've meditated for a lot? Yeah. I, part of I, codependence and others that get you into meditation? <laughs> or Yes. Um but I think in the 12 steps in general, they they uh, suggest that we have some quiet time where we actually uh, go inwards to to meditate. Okay. Yeah, look at that. And I think that um, I don't see any dramatic changes, but I like the idea of um, it's a place where I am, I'm being, as opposed to doing. I've, you know, red-blooded Americans always get praise for doing. And I always had that too. And I always thought of that precept, hey, if I can build something and I'm good at school and I can do well at school and I can, you know, build a structure. Or, yeah, that, that's great. But being able to just accept myself and being, that's really useful. I grew up, I grew up in Vedanta, which is a Hindu philosophy mm. from a very early age. And so I was introduced to these concepts at an early, early age. Okay. So, so accept myself as being, that means I have worth despite what I'm doing. I don't have to earn my worth. Is that in line with that? Yeah, I have an intrinsic value just as I am. But but in being, it's, um, it's how I feel about myself. I'm just sitting there and um, I'm recognizing, hey, am I content? Am I angry? Am I peaceful? I want to be peaceful. And if if I have some sort of anger or resentment, I know that I have to look at really look at that. You know, write about it, you know, do something, make an amends, you know, just so I don't not carry that around. And I don't carry that around anymore. Yeah. That that, that I find. But I have to be honest to see um, hey, maybe you know, if something comes up, maybe I might have to make an amends, you know, do something. One 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 of the things that I like, one of the stories I like is if we're dancing with a partner and we step on their shoes and we say that we're sorry, well, that's good, but that's not an amends. An amends is taking dancing lessons. Mm. And so I like that analogy from my own mind. Cool. So it means really changing the way I actually do things. And I get to that from looking at my how I'm being and how I how I how I feel inside because I'm in a quiet space. If I'm conflicted in some way, 
maybe some guilt about something, something doesn't feel right, something that you know I, I can't I can't resolve, and I have some sort of uh, intuition. Hey, how did I create this? You know, they always sort of feel that I created this. But, hey, I, I I can look at it. I, you know, it's possible for me to look at it. It's I'm encouraged to by my group, my coded group. We talk about that, yeah. and that, that honesty about. Uh, I, one of the friends that I have says, I always find myself at the scene of the crime. <laughs> know where he is. Okay. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Yeah. But one of the things that gives me joy, though, is being in nature. Yeah. Has uh, that been your whole life? It has been my whole life. My father always took us out on trips. And that's one thing that I really appreciate about Turk. My father called Turk. Yeah. And um, always took us to the beaches. Often he took us on camping trips and um, um, and all over California. We would go on camping trips. My mom at first would go, but later on she didn't like to go. But it was the one time where we all got along. And there was, uh, there wasn't, uh, he didn't have a heavy hand at that time. Mm. And then we all got along pretty well. And he is always curious. Why do you think he didn't have a heavy hand? I, you know, I think, I think, um, when I was two years old, I asked him if he was going to kill me. That's, that's according to his journal. Wow. And I think I would bother him. He'd be studying something. I go and, and bother him as a to a little kid would, would do, and he would be, I don't know why he got so upset, but he would really get upset. I think that was one of the things. Or I'd do something that wasn't quite right. And, um, yeah. I always wondered, you know, as a kid, am I intrinsically flawed? I always get the anger of my father, and it only took me after a long time to realize. This wasn't me that was causing. This came from him. Yeah. And he had a problem. He had an issue. When did you realize that? Um. <clears throat> well, when I was growing up, he would have these arguments with my mom, and uh, he, he, lending her for something. And I remember asking him, Dad, why do you get into it with mom all, all this and get 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 her hopping mad and angry? What do you? He says, well, I want to get some reaction, it's anything. I want to get some emotional response. I don't want to get anything. Um, so I, I realized, you know, when I saw that in the house, that it was uh, the one thing I did not want to have. He wanted a reaction. He wanted he wanted a reaction. He wanted some sort of emotional response. Mm. And that doing that was one way he could get it. So it's I don't really understand why he picked that to do that, why he couldn't let her be. But he that's, you know, that's what he did. And I remember vowing. I remember at one time they were fighting back and forth, and I remember this sort of screen going down and me looking through glass at this scene. And it was sort of surreal, you know. I'm witnessing this once again. I held captive in this repeating movie. Goes on, and it was just, um, and I vowed at the time, hey, I don't want to do that, but I found myself doing not the same thing, not getting angry, but similar with this control of my kids, and I wished 
after, after going in Dakota and um, talking with people, that I wish I had gone out with my kids to go out for a walk with uh, Lars and Ben. They were the two little kids. Yeah. And um, talking with them about things that were going on with me, what was happening, to invite them to open up about what's going on with them. I have to, you know, by example. You know, yeah. I'm concerned about this, and I, this is happening, and, you know, and letting them. So only after, um, well, I got inkling it at, at one point, but I I I let it slide, and in Coda is when I really got it. Okay. And the inkling was we were in um, Scotland, and we were going on. We we're part of a Scottish San Francisco, San Francisco Scottish fiddlers, and um, Ben was really acting out. He really couldn't control him. And one of our friends asked if she could take Ben for a walk. And uh, so, absolutely, please, please take him. And when he came back, he went right to bed. I said, well, what'd you do? She says, nothing. What do you mean, nothing? Oh, I just, we just talked. And um, I realized that she had allowed him to express his feelings, what was going on. And she identified with him. Um, I think she was really intelligent kid in her own family, and she recognized that she was out of sorts with her own family at times. I recognized in Ben some of her own traits, mm-hmm. where she needed just to express what was going on with her, yeah. and allowed Ben to do that. So I thought, hey, wow! But it it didn't. It, it took many years after going to Coda that I really got the discipline to really look at it more thoroughly and um, incorporate it more in my life with everyone around me, kids and Judy. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, what's your uh, What's your next project? What's the next thing you're going to build? Um, I'm looking at building this telescope. Um, I have a, this is a 16-inch mirror. I have another mirror. That's a, 30 inches, 31 inches. And uh, I want to grind that too. I want to grind the F3. Now an F3 is a pretty fast mirror and that's more difficult to grind a really fast mirror than a shallow mirror because a shallow mirror is, is very close to being a, a, sphere, um, a spherical surface. And, um, and it's actually a parabola. It's a not it's a shallow parabola, very shallow. But with an F3 mirror, it's a, quite a deep parabola. Mm-hmm. So uh, I need the experience to grind that mirror in order to grind this this big one, which I want to grind. Okay. That's, that's what I'm thinking about. Awesome. I've got I got a place. I, I have a new observing point at Boot Ranch. Okay. And it's a, a place where I can see um, Sagittarius, Scutum, the southern sky, which is, I have to get it higher. And that's the center of our galaxy. The center of our galaxy has a lot of interesting things in it. And so it's a fun place to observe. Well, Buck, I guess my last question is, uh, if if there was one thing you could tell the world that you feel passionately about, you've shared so much already, it's really awesome. Is there anything else? I guess, how would you encourage people? Or what's something you feel strongly about? 
You had something that was going to shape the world. What yeah, would it be? yeah. Um, well, I guess, I, and one of the things that I've been thinking about some is that there's, there's in the United States in particular, there's a question about, you know, what's the truth and what isn't the truth. And uh, <clears throat> if we look at what professionals have said, like climatologists, about environmentalists, about scientists who look at how things are, the, um, the effects of pesticides, for example. There are people who have really devoted their lives to finding the truth. It can't be denied. The truth has been questioned. And uh, we, there, there are a lot, many people, and especially in the sciences, who don't have an axe to grind. And there is there is a lot of, um, th- you'll find the truth mostly there and people that have an agenda for themselves, especially just agenda for themselves and not for the people. So, yeah. you know, I, so I think about that. I think about, about self-reflection it, it it is one one of the th- one of the things I was worried about was that if in, in the steps in general we say you know we believe in God as we understand God and I was thinking well if people think about you know what is the truth well they're gonna get some crazy idea like Hitler had you know about what's true you know, these people are bad they should be killed those people are you know just well I realized that when people are quiet and they, they go into a meditative state and they, they ask the question of um, what really are my principles? I have begun to trust that people do find that they, they can discover these core principles if they spend time sort of reflecting on this and alone. And so um, I think it's possible for people to trust people to have these core principles and to let them go out. In my group of CODA, I find that um, there really is a consensus that that's what we need to do. And we each have different ideas about what our core principles are, but we agree that it's really important to look yeah. at that. And um, one of the analogies that, I, that Marianne Williamson talks about is that um, our society as a whole being analogous to a living body. Now, the living body sometimes gets a cancer. A cancer is, well, cells that uh, start to multiply and they're just for themselves. They're not for the organism as a whole. That's what happens in our society. We do have these, these, these cancers that, that develop. And we have to realize what it is. Hey, they're just there for themselves. They don't have, they're not having the, the, the organism as a whole. That's true of ourselves. This is true of of ourselves in a physical level. It's true of ourselves in an emotional level, and how we feel about ourselves. And it's also true about our society. Um, San Francisco, California, the United States, the world as a whole. And so, we need to concern ourselves with everyone on the planet. I would like to see, for example, the U.S. have a Department of Peace where we spend an equal amount of money for peace as we do in maintaining a military, where we're actually 
helping ourselves and actually helping other people, helping other kids and families and just we owe it to the whole planet. We, we look at what we have uh, here in terms of monetary wealth. Um, yeah, we just, it just, hey, it's a no da. Yeah. So I think there needs to be more emphasis. Awesome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much for letting me talk with you. Ah. I really, really appreciate it. Totally welcome. That's it for this episode of the People Around Town Community Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Feel free to subscribe on iTunes, love it, leave a review, or go to peoplearoundtown.com and leave a comment. I would love to hear from you. Have an awesome day. Thank you.